And this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Poll People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And I want to start the show off um, by mentioning the, um, the act of terrorism that occurred at the Gilroy Garlic Festival in which three people, including two very young Chicano youth babies, um, you know, were murdered. Um, They were murdered um, um, by, you know, a white supremacist who moments before uh, the shooting um, published uh, stuff, um, uh, you know, speaking of... um, you know, um, neo-Nazi um, content. Uh, he also spoke about, uh, moments before the shooting, spoke about the, whore, in quote, hordes of mestizos, unquote. Uh, and so this was clearly uh, an attack on Aslan, on Rasa. And, um, you know, this uh, this this event, this event, um, you know, this is something that we've been continuing to see time and again, these mass shootings. Uh, and, and time and again, uh, we, we will see the media come out and say that the, this shooter was uh, mentally unstable. But had this shooter been brown or black, uh, it would immediately have been framed as an act of terror um a domestic terror terrorist uh a terrorist attack but um you know in this case and every single uh mass shooting committed um by um caucasian shooters um the media um will always 100% of the time um say that it was somebody who was mentally ill and that's the difference between us being um, framed as terrorists and, uh, you know, the media framing these mass shooters as mentally ill. So we here at Free Aslan are framing it as it is. It was an act of terror. Uh, it was terrorism that was inflicted in on our community, um, mostly Rasa, who were attending this event. Um, and, uh, you know, um, the two, two of the three victims, um, were Chicano youth. So we see it as it is, uh, taking into account his statements before the attacks and these attacks ain't nothing new. Our people have been, uh, dealing with these attacks for centuries. So this is, this is nothing new. Unfortunately, it's, it's horrific, but it's nothing new, um, it's nothing new to indigenous people. It's nothing new um, to Aslan. Uh, it's nothing new um, to anybody on this continent, you know. And this is what our people been dealing with, and we've been dealing with, uh, you know, this this terrorism for five hundred years. And so the topic of the show is five hundred years of terror terrorism, you know. So be, we've been resisting uh, for five hundred years. And we continue to resist, and we resist in many different ways. And you know, the for the two Chicano youths who were murdered that day, Stephen Romero and K. 
Kayla Salazar. Um, they, you know, they were there with their families attending this event, and um, and you know they were um, their 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 early lives were cut short by this, um, you know, this this terrorist. So you know we're gonna frame it for what it is. Um, this this guy was a terrorist, and so but it's also a lesson that we need to learn from. We need to learn all that we can. You know, uh, one of the eyewitnesses who was there, another young youth who did not want to come on to the show um, um, and speak about it, who's very traumatized right now and going through a lot of struggles, um, um, has said that, you know, when she was there, she uh, saw somebody get shot and fall right by her. Um, and this is a... A, a early teen. This is a very young teenager. Uh, she saw somebody get shot. She said people were running. It looked like a, in her, in her words, it looked like a riot was was kicking down, just trying to get away. And if you can imagine that many people, some with babies, shots are, are going off. And 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 the guy had a SKS. Um, this guy, the terrorist, had a SKS assault rifle. And just, you know, and, and you know, and, and so we want to make sure that our people, our community knows this happens. We, we need to identify it, but we also need to learn from it. If we don't learn, make sure we learn. And, and what do we do? We have to be aware of, of, of where we are. You know, when Rasa have events, we have to have security and we have to be prepared to be prepared because this is serious um, stuff going on. These, you know, these attacks have been, they occur um, many people who aren't directly affected learn from it. We need to teach each other. We need to be prepared for these kinds of attacks and, and think of ways um, how we're going to react if or when these things, hectares that are organizing um, against Rasa, and they've been doing this for, we need to pay attention to history, learn from history in order to affect the future. These to, um, you know, um, move forward. Uh, safely and make sure um, there's many forms of resistance, uh, you know, and, and just um, main standing of who we are um, is a form of resistance as well. Fighting snakes, this is an act of resistance, you know, just fighting assimilation, you know, um, and it's a very powerful act of resistance, so much so that uh, many people, uh, people holding on to their culture and, and celebrating their their, their culture with the theme going into the today's theme of um, 500 years of resistance you know our first guest um, is is going to be so let me uh, let me introduce our, our first guest um, from the Kalpuli Tonalenke uh, Milapili welcome to Free Aslan okay so we we have some uh, Technical difficulties. Uh, so, Mile Pili from Kalpuli uh, Tonalenke, welcome to Free Aslan. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I want to say, um, you know, a lot of people are not do and what they stand for. So, if you can just, the first question. I'm okay, brother. But, uh, you know, even before we go into what Kalpuli Tonalenke is, he is our native Mexican of Mexica of political, social, cultural, and spiritual 
and even Irish people. The word Kalpuli comes from two Nahuatl words. The first one is in Puli means reunion, the reunion of the houses, basically the community. The Kalpuli is our neighborhood. Kalpuli is the way our ancestors organized, and they were run by, they had two specific two responsibilities, cargos, or officers. You know, it's kind of hard to explain in English, you know, because tecutri comes from the word tecio, which means work, the worker, which is also siwa is woman, and koa is snake, the snake woman, but basically means based on the women giving direction, children, and also the tecutri who would go and execute the decisions of the group, which was kalpuli, and the kalpuli system was was a system our ancestors used to organize in the past. Yep. It's the, you know, our presidents, our chiefs, our, our spiritual leaders in our, because we had we were organized as a government. And uh, and uh, all the way from the, uh, the large metropolises like Tenochtitlan, Mexico City. So that's what we're doing here. Calpap is a system of organizing as a Calpuli. And so we've been uh, active in San Jose, so we're going on 15 years now. But although we've been doing this Calpuli work actually since about 1990, the ways of our of our Mexica elders, our teachers, and our ancestors means work, communal work, because our ancestors were be able to create. We didn't have the dollar yeah. bill, and we didn't have pennies, but we had the people power. We were united. For cities like Teotihuacan, Chichen Itza, este Mexico Tenochtitlan, in the middle of, with no money, brother. Mm. I love that. So that's what a calculi is, you know. Our listeners come from the neighborhood, so in order for them to grasp it, I, I, in which people organize within their own communities, uh, have their own um, uh, economies, you know, they barter, they, they try, you know, um, for today's people, you know, they may be able to grasp what the calculi We know everybody in our neighborhood. We buy and sell. We love our neighborhoods. Are basically it sounds a lot like um, what we envision as varios today. We um, very similar it sounds, but you know, and our people have been uh, since 1519 when the Spanish arrived, uh, when they first arrived to Veracruz, uh, in a in a whole different way. But you know, um, regardless of what, um, there's also been um, something that we've been very proud of, and that is our Kiko. No matter if we're in up in Chicago, uh, our cultura is very. Um, you know why is our indigenous cultura important? And actually, for anybody, you know, because everybody is indigenous to somewhere, you know. But it's it's important. If those trees don't have no roots, they're not going to grow, brother. It's that simple, you know. We look at nature, looking at these plants, looking at the the shrubs here. You know, they all have roots, and because we all have our roots. We have our roots where we come from, our, our, our parents and our grandparents, and even further behind, you know. I mean, we have, like, we, a, lot of, a lot of people say we got that warrior blood, you know, that's it's our roots. It's our, it's our sustenance. It's where we get our nourishment. It's where we get our identity. And then faith that we are connected with our roots and because it's our identity. Right now, we want to build a wall and keep our own people from traveling up and down. This continent from our culture, if we neglect our culture, if we lose our culture, to have that right to continue to travel up and down this continent like our ancestors have done for thousands of years. Uh, when we neglect our culture, we become that immigrant that they call us, that wetback. 
But on the contrary, when we embrace our culture, we are not immigrant people. We are not redbacks. We are in our own land. Like the group Aslan Underground, I'm going to quote them. I think that they have a song, they have a t-shirt that says, we didn't cross the borders, the borders crossed us. Meaning we've already been here, and the border came across over us. And they try to divide us based on those borders, a physical border. Well, not only the physical border, but the, the psychological border they put in us to divide us. Those that speak Spanish versus those that speak English. Those that are from the north versus those that are in the south. Those that wear red and those that wear blue. Those are just all tools used to divide our people up. But before, we were all united from South America all the way up to North America, from Alaska all the way down to Chile, to Patagonia. We had the Eagle people, which is all of North America, and our language we called it a Nahuatl. And in South America, there were the Congo people. They were called Tawantinsuyo. Together, we were related. There was trade going on. There was words that were similar. They found different art pieces from South America up here in the north, and they found art, arts and stones and precious uh, artifacts down south that are from here up in the north. You know, so we have to know our, not, but why is our culture important? Because it's our history, too. It tells us our identity. And today it's so important that we have our identity. We know who we are. We know who our roots are so that we can walk with dignity, that we're full. And it's like a cup that's empty. If a cup, if our cup is empty with empty of culture, then anybody else can fill that, cult, that, that, that cup up with whatever identity and culture they want to give us, which is like the American culture. But if our cup is full with our own cultura, there's no room for anything else. Like our teachers say, if we already have salt in the house, there's no need to go to our neighbor and borrow salt from them because we already have what we need. Our Mother Earth provides for us everything that we need. But if we are disconnected from our culture, then we have that disconnection with the Mother Earth. You know, So our cultura is so important right now to the healing of our people. You see our kids are dropping out of school because they don't learn about who they are. They don't feel the connection. They don't feel like they're getting anything out of it. Why do you want to read a history book of 500 pages and reading about Christopher Columbus and you don't learn anything about who you are? Why do you want to read a book like the Bible when it talks about Jerusalem and the Middle East? But what about Mexico? What about the native people here? Those books aren't for us. Those books aren't about our history. We have our own books. The same people that bring those books over here and trying to shove it down our throat are the same ones that burn our books, our codices. They didn't burn them all, but they burned a lot of them. But there's still some around, and those that are still around, we need to be able to read those books. And the only way we're going to read those, those books is by knowing our culture, because part of our culture is also our language. If we don't know our language, we can't read those books. Then it becomes open to interpretation. Someone can look at that picture and say, well, that means this, this, and that. But unless you know how to read it, you never know what it's going to mean. You know, so this is why our culture is so important because our identity is being taken away from us on the daily for the past 500 years. It hasn't stopped. From the moment they got here, killing our people, chopping our people's tongues for speaking the language, from burning our books to destroying our symbols, our Aztec calendar was founded. You know, it was buried. They couldn't break it. It was so big. They couldn't destroy it. It was so big, so they just buried it. But when they started building the trains in Mexico City, they found it again, and they moved it to the museum. You know, yeah. and even today here, they make it here in the United States English only. They don't want us to speak our language. You know what I mean? Not even Spanish. 
not and let alone a native language now what or any native language for that matter you know before our ancestors the leaders of the people the 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 Tlatoani, the one who like Waltemuk, like Pitlawa, like Moctezuma, they had to speak many languages to be able to speak to all the people all the different tribes because there was respect for those languages and those traditions and those cultures Mm. This is why our cultura is so important, brother. Yeah. There's so many more reasons. In our cultura, we have our own medicines. We don't need to go to Walgreens. We don't need to go to the hospital. We don't need to go buy a pill. We don't need to take a shot. We walk around in the park, and all these plants, they have a purpose. They have they can heal something. But since we lost our culture, we lost that connection. We don't know what, what plant is good for what. But it's all those medicines that they have... The root and what's helping heal the people, it goes back to the raw ingredients, which is the plants. And a lot of the stuff is free. We just walk around and grab it. But we don't know what it is because we lost our culture. And then we get hooked on their medicine. And their medicine ends up hurting us even more, brother. There's so many reasons why our culture is so important. Mm. I talked about the language. I talked about the history already. I talked about the, I talked about the medicine. I talked about the identity. And our traditions, man, our spiritual connection to the Mother Earth and to the solar system in general, our Father, Son, the seasons, the elements, you know, we've lost that connection, so we've lost that respect, you know, for those basic elements of the fire, the water, the wind, and the land, you know. Once we have that spiritual connection, that respect is always going to be there, starting in our own homes, for our parents, for our loved ones, for our families, for our brothers and sisters. It's all connected to our cultura, man. That's why we say, la cultura cura, culture cures. Mm. The power of our culture is going to heal our people. And it is healing our people. And it's been healing our people. We just got to bring it back. You know, like the one of our great leaders, poet, poet Nessa Walcoyo, said, they can take all of our leaves, they can cut down, break off all the branches, they can cut down the tree and the trunk, but they'll never pull out our roots. And as long as our roots are still there, the plants and the trees are going to keep growing like mm. the corn it grows up, you know. And that's what's happening now with our people. Our people are being enlightened. Our culture's coming back. There's Calpulis coming all over the place in Aztlán, even in, in the East Coast, in Mexico. It's coming back strong again because they, they're those, you know, those colonizers were so lazy, they just cut down the trunks and the but they never pulled out the roots, man. Uh, and our roots are so deep on this continent, brother. Yeah. And they're growing back. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and, and like you were saying, they've been finding artifacts. I know they found um, Mexica artifacts as far as Mississippi, you know, so that proves that we have, un, I, you know, we have proof without a doubt that our people have been on the land that we stand on today. For many, many thousands of years, because our art and culture is still being found in, um, you know, Illinois, in Mississippi. They're finding Mexica artifacts. So, you know, um, Aslan might be bigger than what many people even think it is today. So, but that's that's for another another interview. But I will say this as well: when you talk about language. Um, you know, they don't want to speak in our language. I know in prison, um, the Nawa language is, is actually labeled as a gang language by the guards. So they label our indigenous language 
as a gang language. So if I'm caught or anybody's caught with a piece of paper with Nawa uh, words under and grammar and um, language sentences, um, they will use that as evidence of gang affiliation. So that just shows you that um, that culture is a very big threat um, to the oppressor and that it is used against us. Um, and that has happened in any colonized society uh, throughout the world. You know, um, anytime I know the Koreans, they when they were colonized, their language, they couldn't speak their own language. They were forced to speak uh, another language. So everywhere around the world, um, culture is seen as a weapon and, you know, it's used in the decolonization process it's it's uh, as you said it's medicine so it's a part of decolonization the stronger somebody embraces their culture um the more likely are um they are decolonizing mentally and that um the oppressor does not want to see at all but let me get into the next question um when the colonizers arrived our cultura like danza and other things were banned and forbidden. So, you know, the Kalpuli uses, you know, these are dances that have been, um, you know, um, ceremony that have been around for many, many years. So how did our ancestors keep this language? Um, how do you think our, our ancestors did that? Well, you know, one of the things is in the mandate of Kautemuk, you know, the, the last speech of Kautemuk, the message yeah. that our ancestors left to us, you know, that was coming from the, the, the Wake Latokan, which was the, the Grand Council, you know, the Grand Council, I guess, you know, it's kind of hard to, they lose a lot of meaning, you know what I mean? And I just want to stress that, you know, if I try to translate the best that I can so people can understand in English, okay. but really, really, we really didn't understand the language and really didn't understand what the meaning of these words are, you know, but uh, we had a Wake Latokan, Wake means like great, the great, the old one, or the great one, the big one. Latokan mm. is a council when the people came and talked, right? The way Tlatokan sent our spokesperson, Tlatawani, the one who speaks for others, while Timo to give the speech and said that a time of darkness was going to come. A time of darkness was going to come where we have to bring our schools into our homes. We're going to abandon our bar, co our, bar our ball course and abandon the streets and bring the teaching into our homes and teach our children, teach their children, to teach their children about the greatness of our culture. So that was one of the ways that we were able to survive and resist or to keep it, the teaching on the hush, in the homes, and just a lot of the traditions got passed on from generation to generation, but a lot of things were suppressed, you know. Mm. One of the things that's also a known history is in the Lanza Azteca, they have a group that's called the Poncheros, the Poncheros, because the Poncheros, Poncheros because they had the conch shells, they had the uh, mm. armadillo shells to make guitars, because our drums were, were, uh, also, was something very intimidating. You see those hearts, you know, people drumming. The, the, they used to thought we're devil worshiping when they seen us dancing. You know, <laughs> and all the they, used, they got freaked out, man. They got scared. Oh, man. You know, there was a massacre of Plantaloco when we were in ceremony and we were dancing. Nobody was armed, and they came and they, they, seen, they seen us doing our thing, getting down and do, dancing and having a good time. But the drums were powerful and seen everybody, you know, jumping, spinning. And they came and killed everybody, man. Yeah. Killed elders, medicine mm. people, leaders, women, children, everybody. Mm. You know, the, the people that were drumming. It was kind of like stuff. terrorism, on the uh, act of terrorism, right there. What you're yeah, describing. It is terrorism, man. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're the one that invited, invented that word. Mm. They're the one Absolutely. That, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. their word. 
Este, but uh, you know, so we had to we had to bring the schools into the homes, and we had to uh, we had to uh, we had to uh, we agreed the Adventists agreed to adopt the culture into the Catholic way, the Catholic way too, to keep the dance alive. They had to dance at the churches. They had to incorporate the symbols of the Catholic Church. Mm. You know, they had to let go. They had to replace the way that they dress. They had to replace the feathers they used. They had to replace uh, the symbols that they used. You know, the instruments they used. They had to leave the drums and they replaced it with guitars. Mm. They had to leave eagle feathers and macaw feathers and use ostrich feathers. They had to take our loincloth and turn it and put on dresses. You know, mm. instead of dancing strong, they dance. Lower. Instead of dancing at a uh, ceremonial site like they would walk them, they had to go dance in the church. And they had to pretend like they're dancing mm. for the saints. Matter of fact, a lot of our ceremonial sites, you know, archaeological places, they call them ruins now, mm. right? But who ruined them, right? But so we call <laughs> them ceremonial sites, mm. right on top of where the pyramids were. Mm. They took those same rocks and built a church right. yeah. on a lot of the sacred sites, even where La Virgen de Guadalupe is. Where ancestors used to honor Mother Earth, on that same place, that was the way they, they, they quote unquote conquered us was by taking those ceremonial sites. They couldn't stop the tradition, so they had to adapt and replace our traditions with their traditions. Mm-hmm. But over four, two, two, three, four, or five hundred years, forgot the real reason why we're going. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going for Mother Earth no more. Now they're going for La Virgen de Guadalupe mm-hmm. in Chalma, where they used to go honor the Tepepoca. They don't go on honor the Stachipoca no more. Now they're going to dance for the black Jesus. They mm. call him El Cristo Negro, the black Christ. But who is the black Christ? The Stachipoca. He was mm. in the black. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They call it El Santo Niño de Atocha. El Santo Niño, the little kid. But who is Wichilopochtli? Wichilopochtli, who is the baby son. Mm. You know, the son or father son. You know, so they took our symbols, they took our philosophy and they replaced it with the Catholic Church. But thanks to that, they were able to maintain the dances. They were maybe they sing the songs, the rhythms of the danza. And back in this, just this past century, the 1900s, in the 50s and 60s, when they started changing back, they started bringing the drums back out. There was a big movement to take the danza outside of the churches, like in Mexico City. They they had a big thing with the the federales showed up even with tanks and you know with freaking uh, machine guns. Because they they didn't want to dance in the church anymore, they wanted to go dance in the socalo. That means prayer. Mm. Because the women got on the front line, they probably kept our people from being murdered again, from being massacred again. And that was just 50, 60 years ago, you know. And since then, the cultura has been coming out. And books have been coming out. The calpulis is coming out. Our calendario is coming back. Our language is coming back. Our dances are coming back. You know, people are starting to little by little let go of the church again and go back to our old ways. And so that's what we're doing now, is to trying to, uh, is trying to not be dependent mm. on that system, that cat, you know, that, that church system, mm. or any type of system for that matter. And we have our own systems, you mm. know. So yes, it's, uh, beautiful. But yeah, I mean, thanks to the Concheros and thanks to the teachings, you know, and, e- and even you know, in Mexico, man, you go to a lot of the into the pueblitos up in the mountains. They don't speak Spanish. They still speak in the native language, and a lot of it there. There's a lot of secrets up in there, man. There's a lot of information that people don't even speak their language. They don't even speak. They don't even speak Spanish. You know, they come down to to the little to the, the little towns in the cities to get whatever they need. But you go up there and they keep they're living the old ways, man. You know, 
mm-hmm. living their own way and keeping their traditions alive. So, you know, as much as they came in and tried to destroy the culture, they didn't get it all, man. It was too big. It was way too big, and there's too many nooks and crannies within Mexico to get it all, you know. Unfortunately, they took the power, you know, at the national level, but there's still so many Native people there in Mexico that don't even speak Spanish, that still speak their language, and are still being oppressed still today. You know, the land is still being taken away. They're trying to push that GMO corn, that uh, Monsanto corn, you know, they're mm-hmm. taking the Native people's jobs away, what they've been doing for hundreds of years and planting corn from generation to generation to keep their families, you know, and that's insane, why you know, to keep their, keep their little little business going and then Monsanto's trying to come in and shut them all down, man. And that's and why everybody's trying to come over here. Across that's what I was going to say. That's why people are migrating. Are trying you know? to shut everybody back. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why. And then they only, not only do it in Mexico, but they do it in Central America and in oh, Salvador, yeah. Nicaragua, everywhere. Country. And this is why yeah. people migrate, uh, and then they turn around and blame it on the people when they created the conditions for the migration. So Mexico's got some of the most beautiful, you know, beaches in the world, and uh, who would want to live over here? Live over there by a beach, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. But that everybody's got to right build it. Everybody's got to maintain their family. Yeah. If there is no work, people want to go look for the work. That's natural. You know, it's like yeah. the campesinos back in the day, the 60s, you know, they used to go from town to town picking the different vegetables, the, the peaches and the prunes, and that's why, you know, yeah. our aunts, our, our couple generations back, the farm workers, man, and that's mi- migrate, migration. Yeah. One Absolutely. thing is migration, another thing is immigration, you know? Our people have always been mi- migrants. We've always traveled up and down this continent, just like the eagles fly up and down, and like a butterfly flies from Canada to Mexico. <laughs> that's a natural migration. Yeah. That's happened. You know what I mean? But and they're not stopping the butterflies from crossing the border. Why are they no. stopping us? Yeah, and it's survival. People you know are going to survive any way they can. But Natural. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of um, flying, butterflies flying, um, other things have flown like eagles and condors. So let me let me ask you for the listeners if you could tell us the story of the eagle and the condor. Yeah, I mean, I'll share with you the little that I know, brother, but just say, you know, I... Uh, when I started first hearing that was back in 1992 when, you know, there was a move, big movement for peace and dignity journeys. When they did a big run from Alaska and Chile from the tips of uh, the full continent that we ran towards the middle, they made up in, in the middle. I think the first one back in 92, they made up in Teotihuacan and they made up in uh, Nicaragua, Panama. And they still do it every four years. They do a big run with a big push to, to, to unite all native, all native people, you know, from, from, like I said, from South America together with North America, you know, and just be united, man, you know, and unite that prayer, putting that prayer out to unite our people, you know, to, to, to support and to share, you know, and we start looking, we sit down and put all the tribes in, in one room together and everybody talks about their struggles that they're dealing with, and we look at it, it's all the same thing, man, which is different, different European countries doing, doing their thing in different parts of this continent, you know, you got the, the, what do you call it, the... Spanish and Mexico. Spanish. You got the English in the United States. You got the French up in Canada. You got the Portuguese down in Brazil. You know, and it's the same up and down this continent, man. You know, there. You know, we're, we're all being invaded by different European countries, and the, all the official languages of most of the countries are all European, but we're not in Europe. You know, so the, the the purpose of that eagle and condor is to bring our people together, being united again like they were, to support each other. You know, mm-hmm. and also more than that, to take care of Mother Earth, man. You know, we need to take care of Mother Earth because if the 
you know, yeah. that, that, that's our role. You know, yeah. We have to ensure that our future generations, our next seven generations, have clean water to drink and they have a good earth so they can plant food. You know, they got to be able to survive. They got to be able to breathe the clean air. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to be able to know how to work with fire. Mm-hmm. You know, those basic four elements, you know, we, have to, we need to take care of them. Right now, with all this technology, all this civilization, you know, mm-hmm. people can't even drink the water. You can't go to the river and drink the water anymore. You got to buy it in a bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, people mm-hmm. can't even breathe the air. People, they, they have masks. You know, you have to even buy air to, 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 to breathe. You know what I mean? In some places. You know, we can't even plant because we don't know how much contaminated the land is. You know, with yeah. oil spills and, you know, pesticides and all that stuff, man. So, you know, I'm just trying to get back to the basics, bro. We want to live in harmony and, uh, you know, trying to take care of our future generations, you know, for, so they can, they can live, you know, uh, you know, have a halfway decent life, man. Otherwise, we're getting our kids are growing up with the sicknesses, you know. Mm. We got uh, cancer attacking wow. our people. We got diabetes attacking our people. Autism, yeah. you know. It's yeah. the, you know, who knows all these all these sicknesses, man. That, yeah. you know, AIDS. You know, we, mm. we don't know where they're coming from, but yeah. that's what happened when the Europeans got here first. They brought all their sicknesses, and that was one of the ways they killed most of our people. Yeah, the smallpox. Smallpox. Yeah. You know, now it's different. The swine flu, the pig flu, the bird oh, flu. You know. Man. Yeah, it's it's horrible. As so, a pop, brother. Yeah, the so same thing. If we look at the history, if we study the history. They just changed the name, man. But it's the same game, you know. Yeah, it's the same okie dokes, and and you know the the, the okie dope. Yes, it, the okie doke. But you know the uh, next year, somebody just invited me to run in next year's run. Um, the one that you were talking about, the um, the eagle and the condor. Yeah, the peace and dignity yeah. run. So hopefully, I need to start training, man. And you know, hopefully, I'll be out there and be able to put in my little uh, issue in and, and and run as well. So, but that that's yeah, that's a beautiful story of uh, of uh, promoting unity within the indigenous uh, peoples of this continent. You know, so that's that's something very cool. But let me just ask you. Um, let me ask you a, a final question. Um, if people want to get involved in the Kalpuli, um, what do they do? And do you have any contact info? How do they get involved? Um, but, but it's our Kalpuli in San Jose, you know, it's the Kalpuli Tonaleque. Um, you know, we're based here in San Jose. We're at the School of Arts and Culture. Uh, at the Mexican Heritage Plaza here on the east side of San Jose at the corner of Allen Rock and King Road. And, uh, you know, every Wednesday we offer free classes for the community to come in from 7 to 8. We teach our dance step-by-step. Step. And uh, 8 and 9, we, you know, have a, a little ceremony with everybody that's there. And we do our we do our steps, you know, do our do our, 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 our ceremony, you know, to, to uh, honor those four elements thank our ancestors, you know, and just reconnect, you know, reconnect with our roots, reconnect with those elements, reconnect with each other as a community. That's every Wednesday. The address is 1700 Allen Rock Avenue, School of Arts and Culture, Eastside San Jose, right off the 101. We get a lot of relatives traveling to visit with us. We get uh, relatives coming out from Santa Rosa, some of the dancers, Oakland, San Francisco, Salinas, Gilroy, you know, you know, we get a lot of visitors even from LA when they come through Mexico. A lot of visitors mm. come through. It's kind of a hub there in San Jose. It's the, you know, so we get a lot of visitors. So mm. everybody's welcome to come check it out. Even if you don't dance, you have no experience, no problem. Mm. They will teach. It's free classes, like I said, and 
And even if San Jose is too too far out of uh, reach, you know, it's the, we can connect you. There's a whole, there's probably like 30 groups in the Bay Area, but it's between San Francisco. Wow. There's a five six groups in San Francisco, five six groups in Oakland, Hayward, uh. Depoto, Santa Rosa, wow. uh, Sacramento, Salinas. You know what I mean? Pretty much, we know all the groups in the area. You know, este, so we can uh, definitely even in LA. You know, mm. we know people up in uh, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Chicago. Este, wow. Even Milwaukee, uh, New York. Wow. And she comes out in New York too. So you know, if uh, for whatever reason somebody wants to get involved in a, in a calculi, you know, we can definitely connect them with uh, whatever local group is close to them. Right. Um, you know, but definitely in the if somebody's listening in the Bay Area, there's definitely plenty of options all over the Bay that to get involved, and uh, we can put them in connect in contact with them. If they, my uh, our, our our website. Our website for our danza group is, uh, or for our Calpulli, I should say, is just uh, AztecaDancers.com. A-Z-T-E-C-A, AztecaDancers.com, all one word. So they can get more information about our Calpulli there. They can send us a message um, on there, too. We can also look us up on Instagram, Calpulli Tonaleque. And also on Facebook, we've got an Instagram and Facebook page, Calpuli Tonaleque. Calpuli is spelled C-A-L-P-U-L-L-I. Tonaleque is T-O-N-A-L-E-H-Q-U-E-H. So, it's the, yeah, so we're on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, in, uh, in com on the website. So, it's the, yeah, I mean, you, you can even go to Google and type in Calpuli Tonaleque and all those will pop up, so... Mm. Uh, we're pretty easy to get a hold of, and uh, most of the groups in the Bay Area know us, and we know them. So we're, uh, you know, we're we're, we're doing the, the work of our ancestors and creating mm. that unity amongst all the grupos, all the all the groups here, and, uh, and supporting all the different groups, and they come support us. And that's how you know that's how we're doing that decio, a communal work. Each group, mm. or at least most groups, they host a ceremony throughout the year, and we all take turns, you know, supporting all the different ceremonies and whatever different. Uh, uh, gatherings that they do, you know, we, we support each other when we can, and, uh, and we yeah. created a, a you know very strong community here in the Bay Area. Yeah. You know, not only in San Jose, but the whole Bay, the whole Northern, actually Northern Cali, you know, from Sacramento, mm. you know, Chico, is the Fresno, is the Santa Maria, uh, out there in that area, San Fernando, uh, plenty of hell of groups in LA, San Diego. Mm. It's the Inland Empire all over, bro. You know, wow. Bakersfield, they're popping up, you know, so. Yeah. It's, the, you know, it's like a resurgence. California is yeah. definitely, definitely one of the strongholds for Danza Azteca, but even throughout the Southwest, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Denver, Colorado, it's the, there's grupos. Even in Nevada, there's groups, couple groups up in Nevada <laughs> popping up, so. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's like it's a resurgence, yeah, you yeah. know. It's like a resurgence of cultura and um and celebrating our our history and our culture but I, I i thank you brother you know what you're doing doing excellent work i love the calpuli you know the calpuli has brought me a lot of happiness i love the calpuli i always support the calpuli i loved with the work you're doing brother and you are um setting a good example and you are also um you know definitely um bringing a lot of people um into back into their um, original culture so that's something and, and that's a part of decolonization so i want to thank you brother because you you thank other people all the time 
Uh, I'd like to thank you for your uh, work in our community and uh, for our people, brother. You, you're doing excellent job. Well, likewise, brother. I appreciate the work that you're doing, you know, getting this uh, information out on the airwaves, you know, to our people, which is uh, really, really important. So uh, much respect to you, and I'll give a shout-out to my brother right here, Joey. Oh, brother, brother Joey. Joey. from the Mowekma, the, oh. original, the original Yolo Beastly here, the original inhabitants here of uh, the Bay Area here, it's the San Jose, San Francisco area, the Mowekma Lonis. Definitely want to recognize them and uh, acknowledge the land. It's the, and uh, yeah, and one last plug, man. You know, also we got on Instagram, you can check us out, doshlywear.com, T-O-C-H-T-L-I-W-E-A-R, doshlywear is a, uh, a clothing brand that we're pushing our cultura through, you know, so every time we push out a sweater, a t-shirt, always has some image of our cultura, whether it's Aztec Gout or a Chipetotec, a Chipili, uh, you know, Guautemoc, Quetalcoa, you know, we're pushing it out there because we want our people to be able to wear our, wear our, wear our brand, wear our gear, wear our brand, you know, with pride you know, every day, you know, mm. we're walking around so we can be ripping our culture all Absolutely. day long, every single day, you know. And I, and I got me a Torchly hat too, so I love Torchly that wear, that's, too. that's it, you know. Oh, yeah, I love that it. One. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's it, man. And, and you know, that's part of decolonization as well. Uh, what exactly. we wear, how we eat, all of that. But we got to get going, brother. And I'm going to have you all on right, again in the future. And of course, I send mine to Brother Joey, Iolo Spichli, and. Uh, and thank you once again, brother, for uh, coming on to Free Aslan. Okay, blessings, brother. Have a good night. Thank you. Yeah, we thank you, brother. Oh, Mateo. And we're going to be taking a short break. We're going to uh, be listening to some music. And um, this is a good little song we're listening by El Vu. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back in a minute. It won't be long, my people are strong And 500 years isn't that long It won't be long, my people are strong And 500 years is like a four minute song It won't be long, my people are strong And 500 years isn't that long It won't be long, my people are strong And 500 years is like a four minute song I tried to live my life with a purpose Walk the earth with the spirit of the serpents Life is conscious vibration and movement all in Keeping track of the stars with the Tosolkin ring. 